0: This is the Heart to Heart Foundation podcast. It will be covering a walk from the geographic centre of Australia to the centre of the nation's capital in Canberra to raise awareness of the mental health issues faced by our first responders. We ask a lot of the people in our police, emergency services and all frontline workers. That takes a big toll on them and their families, which is why this walk is happening. These are just everyday people that have to do extraordinary
1: things. These people are just like my dad. Welcome to the Heart to Heart Walk podcast. This is a very special episode coming from the heart of the nation in Parliament House today. So uh, we've been very uh, thankfully invited into Senator Ian Urquhart's office in Parliament House today. And we're definitely going to talk about the Senate Inquiry report that literally is the the centrepiece of the walk's purpose. But firstly, uh, Senator Ann Urquhart, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Matt, and it's great to be here and lovely to have you and share my office with you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for uh, extending the invite. I, no I, problem. I literally can't believe I'm in Parliament House. Oh anywhere. well, there you go. It's yeah. a
0: it's a wonderful building and it's. It's great to share it with lots of, um, yeah. you know, our fellow um, Australians because it is a marvellous place. It yeah. is,
1: yeah. It's a, I've, I've certainly never been – I've never been in here, that's for sure. Well, there you go. There's a first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, firstly, I'd just like to say that I love your official title of Chief Whip. <laughs> um, off the back of what we covered with Simone Haig yep. – from Tazzy, um, and and I know you mentioned before we started the recording that you've spoken to her and sure. and also listened to her listened to her podcast that we recorded a little while ago. But she talked a lot about the work behind the scenes. So it was made very. Uh, I suppose it was broken down into a simple discussion at a Christmas function that that started the report. But there was a lot of talk about work that happened behind the scenes. So yep. could you just tell us a bit about what that meant from your perspective? Because we heard a little bit from Simone, but obviously your yeah, sure. your involvement would have been you know, extremely different. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Simone's right, we were having a, a bit of a drink over a Christmas function and uh, she said she wanted to talk about getting a Senate inquiry up and how do you do it? And I said, well, you talk to a Senator. So that's <laughs> sort of pretty much how it kicked off. I mean, she'd done a lot of thought about it before. Um, so over a period of a couple of months, we developed what we call the terms of reference. So we need to make sure that we have terms of reference that are applicable to the inquiry. Um, and then I talked to my colleagues here. So we, I talked to the ministers and the shadow ministers and um, people who I thought I needed to bring along and get support to get the inquiry actually up. Because yeah, right. when, you, when you put up a reference to a committee, it then has to go to the Senate chamber and be voted on. Um, so I wanted to make sure that this reference got up and actually was was able to hit the, you know, the rubber hit the road effectively. Yep. And so part of that was I went knocking on um, some crossbenchers' doors and said, this is what I'm doing. And I remember one of my colleagues' um, crossbenchers from Tassie, I knocked on her door and and explained to her what I was trying to do. And she said, look, you know more about that stuff than me, Anne. Happy to support it if it's a good thing. So we actually got support to get the inquiry up and and running. So that was sort of... like There was a lot of work. That sort of condensed it into a small um, few sentences. But there is a lot of work to get it done and make sure that... You know, we we make sure that we pick up all the necessary parts of it. And we do have a a clause that fits into the terms of reference that says any other related matters. So if we've missed anything in the, you know, half a dozen points, then there is another sort of catch-all, if you like. But, you know, we try and make sure that we pick up the main main points. Um, Obviously, Simone's a paramedic and um, an intensive care paramedic, so it was pretty... um, important for her to have paramedics, but she was also very um, vigilant in making sure that all first responders were actually picked yeah, up. Yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah, and when you, when you sort of look at that catch-all phrase of first responders, it covers a lot of people, a yeah. lot of people, you know, and so we had a lot of um, submissions from various uh, organisations from groups and, and people who considered that they were a first responder. Yeah, right. You know, it might be a, a teacher or somebody who worked in the emergency department who I had never thought of as a first responder yep. but but they considered themselves, and that sort of opened my eyes a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the beauties of the work that we do in Senate committees is that we actually... We, we learn so much and it does open your mind and, and eyes to things that we can't see. Yeah. Sometimes we sort of have this little bit of, not actually tunnel vision, but it's it's that lack of knowledge about what other people feel probably and a see. bit of
1: a disconnect there. Just yeah, of the, definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that I did note with the inquiry process is it took a lot longer than originally planned. Were you part of how that actually sort of, I suppose, grew and captured the yeah. the... the um, I suppose the volume of submissions yep. and, and representations that were made was that. Were you involved in that process? Absolutely. Throughout?
0: So, so I was. Um, I actually wasn't on that committee, but I then was co-opted onto that committee. It was important for me to be a right. voting member of that committee. Um, So we have a process here, through the Senate, how you become a voting member of a committee. Um, But it was really important to me to look at where the submissions come from. And we had, I think, over 160 odd submissions, um, which was pretty incredible. Um, And they came from basically all over the country. But also as far away and I think Simone picked up on this as from Canada um, yeah, and yeah. so we had uh, you know once we had that interest it was very important to me to make sure that we picked up um, you know at least the various states and territories yep. uh, and expanded the inquiry to go and visit those places purely because there was interest from people but it was also important to understand what the barriers were for those people in those different states and territories, yeah, right. um, and given that a, some of you know a lot of the recommendations fall back on the states because they're the ones that manage the first responders, yeah. it was important for us to get around and understand some of those differentials.
1: Yeah, right. Because I know looking at that report from my point of view, and. Certainly the people that I've come to meet and, and know their, uh, I suppose, journeys within and also post-service from all sorts of agencies around different states that I'd never had contact with before, they're all really, I suppose, struggling through similar similar things and similar issues both in the job and then after the job. And, and that's where, you know, I suppose when a, a layperson like myself reads it and just goes, when does that when on earth does that become a federal issue when every state and territory seems to have a very similar plagued system and and or you know i I suppose the the careers that those people are in are plagued by similar problems and Mm. and the research from beyond blue's report in 2018 which i know got referenced in the senate report pretty heavily um you know made some clear observations about similar struggles that, that's where I just sort of look at it and go, I, I know technically it's a, it's a state yeah. and territory issue, but when does that get coordinated? Yeah. And, and I know that was one of the recommendations, but yeah. I don't really think... Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that a lot's happened on that front either, but...
0: Yeah, look, I think that's one of the... I mean, we live in a federation, obviously, and we live in a federation of states and territories, yeah. and a lot of those responsibilities do fall back to the states. Um, and I guess... Um, I'm, you know, there is a a lot of frustration, I think, around the fact that, you know, we can't always do stuff from a Commonwealth perspective. Um, But I think the onus then falls back to people in the states. And I know that I've had discussions with Simone and said, you know, we need to get state people activated on this. We need to make sure that we've got, um, you know, our state bodies in, you know, involved in this process and understand what the recommendations right. are and how can we then enact those within the states there are some federal um, things there which i'll be you know following through because we do a lot of senate inquiries on very many different topics right. um, and you know i mean they're all important they're all important to various groups of people they're all important to us as senators Um, But this one to me is we are talking about people's lives and we're talking about people's livelihoods and their futures. And we're also talking about, I think, opportunities where those lives and livelihoods of people could be improved through um, just actions of things put in place, through attitudes of people within hierarchies
1: of organisations.
0: And I think for me, this is one that, I don't want to see gather dust on the shelf.
1: Yeah, you've made that pretty clear.
0: <laughs> I have made that yeah. pretty clear and, you know, I will I will continue to, you know, advocate for, uh, you know, opportunities. I mean, yeah. I think I went to a function, I can remember, a few years ago after the report was written in Tassie and it was a uh, a police, I think the TAS police had done it. Right. And it was a, a movie about... Um, Th- this sort of thing about Beyond the Blue Line or something. Yeah, I think it was right, a film. Okay. And I remember I took a copy of this report and I dragged it along. <laughs> I, I got as many copies of this that I could get out of the, the table office and I handed it to the police commissioner really? at the time, yeah, Darren okay. Hine. And, um, you know, I've taken it along to many things. And just more recently there is a group in Tasmania called um, Due South who uh representing. Yeah, we, we actually
1: saw that on Facebook. You, fantastic organization. I'd actually had a look at them too. They're doing some great they're doing work. Some, down there. I mean yeah. they're
0: amazing the, the work they've done. They're doing it with veterans and first responders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first I, I went and met um, Peter and Barry who are sort of the head of that sort of organisation yeah. if you like. And the second meeting I had with them, I took along a copy of the report and said, please read that, you know, because right. there's opportunities for, uh, you know, organisations like that to get involved and, yeah. you know, so wherever I can, you know, take that or yeah. reference it, I reference it in a lot of um, even other Senate inquiries. I say yeah. to people, remember that, you know, that's <laughs> what forget. we did. So I'm not going to let it get dust on yeah, my shelf yeah, anyway. Yeah, that one definitely doesn't yeah. have dust
1: on it. One of the one of the things that di- has come up a couple of times in, in my podcast uh, with my podcast guests, uh, and one one of note lately, I actually had the privilege of talking to Dr. Dan Pronk, who's a former Special Forces doctor, and he he pointed out, you know, really clearly the difference in societal um, acknowledgement, I guess, of post service between making that contrast between yep. military and first responders. Yes. Um, in whatever form they are, and as, as we just talked about, that's 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 a big range of people. But first responders, generally, and I think um, you know, in what what he uh, noted, and certainly what conversations I have with other people, is there's definitely a, a different perception of people that are struggling post military service, or people that are struggling post emergency service, or first response sort of work. And is that is that something? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, post Vietnam War, obviously the the sentiment towards the military mm. was pretty negative, and that's obviously turned around a lot. So, do you think that's something um, from from your perspective that is possible to change? Because on a on an actual uh, ground level impact of that that actual attitude is uh, a conversation. I've mentioned this before, but a conversation I had with a. Uh, a fellow uh, that I go to a PTSD group with, that's a former ambulance officer, and um, and one of the one of the people at the PTSD group is an ex-army uh, member, and he has a he has an assistance dog, mm-hmm. and the ambulance officer actually said, you know, he, he thinks one of them would be good for him, yep. but he's worried about getting criticised, being in public with it when people find out he's only been an ambulance officer that's yeah. struggling with PTSD yeah,
0: okay.
1: versus walking along that veteran right. with the same dog by the yeah. same company. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that goes to the heart of that uh, disparate sort of perception mm. that, that Dr Dan Pronk talks about, yeah, and it's, that attitude piece. I yeah, think.
0: it's really interesting. I mean, I've come across a lot of people who... Um, you know, I mean, we talk about the different aspects of, of um, you know, veteran life, army yep. life, uh, paramedic life, um, fire life, police life. Yep. You know, there's a lot of differentials. Absolutely. It, even yeah. though everyone's a first responder um, and sees all different sorts of things, there are different sort of um, understandings of each of those groups. But it goes much broader than that. And I've, um, we've got a fabulous guy in Tasmania who... Was involved was was over in Nepal when the first earthquake um, yeah, struck right. and he was teaching at the time and then obviously was involved in the recovery effort and as a result of that he suffered PTSD yeah. um, and you know came back home and has had a lot of problems uh, you know, dealing with that and coping with that and has two assistance dogs, you know. Right. So I think there's no shame in and I think we need to have a conversation about these things, you know, and I mean, people need to understand that there is an effect on, you know, people who are exposed to all, so- all sorts of mm. things either in their life or in their job um, that have has an impact and i think the throughout the uh inquiry one of the things that sort of resonated a lot with me was this dripping tap which i'm sure you've heard about you know how the bucket and the dripping tap and you know you, you come across so many um you know traumatic situations and you cope with them and you know in life people cope with lots of different you know things but when they're when this you know the tap drips and gradually the bucket gets full so you're getting these things on top of one another and then all of a sudden the bucket is full and you just can't cope anymore and it might be that you have 20 drips to fill that tap yeah uh, fill that bucket or it might just be one big drip it it, it's everybody is different different. everybody is different and I think there is no shame at all in people being able to express that in whatever way they do, whether it's with service dogs or assistance dogs or whether it's talking to people about mm. it. I think being able to do that will help people in the longer term. Mm. And, you know, we had... We took some in-camera evidence, which means that it's not then recorded yeah, in right. art, or, um, you know, it's not open to the public. And some of the... You know, some of the stories that we heard through that were very hard to listen to. Hmm. But there were people who felt that they could only give evidence in camera because they feared for their job. Yeah, for sure. Or, you know, exactly the point you're making about humiliation from other people who did not understand or were less tolerant than other people about understanding that. And I think that's not the sort of society that, you know, I want. I think Australia mm. is generally a caring society, mm. and I think we've got to think beyond that and understand that people, through all walks of life, you know, need assistance, mm. and they sh- we shouldn't be ashamed to ask for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a good point, and I think that acceptance piece, I guess, is what drives me a lot to try and get the stories out on yep. my podcast that I do to try and normalise that
0: absolutely narrative, yeah. I
1: guess, uh, and also bring some awareness to just how taxing some of these first responder jobs actually are on that's those individuals, right. like yes. like as Simone's, uh, you know, her yeah. initial discussion with you was that's right. the yep. sad reality of how bad it can get. Yeah, and, that's um, right.
0: And yet they're jobs that people love. I mean, people yeah. go into those professions, they love them. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of pride in, in you know, doing that sort of work. Yeah. Um and, you know, people do get injured and whether it's a physical injury or a mental injury, yep. people get injured in, in these sorts of work and we have to reach out and, and provide that assistance to people however we can and yep. I think that's really important to me. Yeah. Because this... people who have worked in, you know, paramedicine or in policing or whatever the case may be, they have provided so much to society as, and, and the public generally in their work mm. And it's almost like, you know, when they've walked out the door and they're, they're you know, they're, they're hurting, that they're just thrown on the scrap heap. And I'm sure that's how they feel mm. as well. And I think, you know, we've got, to, we've got to get the message out that, no, no, you are very worthwhile. Um, you know, you've got a, a, a bit of a hill to climb, but we want to get help get you up there so that it's an easier road, yeah. you know, as we walk down into the future.
1: It's, it's very evident to see the assistance that veteran military veterans are given and interestingly they've got a, a department uh, for, of veteran affairs as a New South Wales department but they don't have a department of emergency service yep, veterans or anything like right. that and they have all these assistance programs for the, for the veterans which is great but I'd, I'd love to see that replicated in a New South Wales context. And Absolutely. I, I know that's outside your remit but that's just an example I yeah. guess of that different approach that um, sometimes plagues the... The perception, I think, yeah. sometimes too. But do I tell you, you've done a—you you must have carried that whip over the uh, over the seas at some on some uh, uh, trip back home because the the introduction of the presumptive legislation piece yes. down there so early. Absolutely. Which, um, yeah. I, I don't know who you hit with that whip down there, but it happened. Well, I think um, it was
0: a combined. I can't take the credit for that. Yeah, and right. You know, I mean, I think that's you know, Simone. Is, is the instigator of a lot of this sort of work that's been done and, and through her union and, and other people who yeah. advocate for that sort of thing, that's the important elements of those things. Yeah, right. And, you know, I mean, it's a collective, you know, there's, it's not one individual, it's a yeah, collective of yeah, people yeah. who work together. Um, and it's really important. I mean, presumptive legislation is, is vitally important for people because the trauma of, you know, actually going through an illness... Mm. Um, and and then having to, you know, be challenged to say that's what it is yeah. is difficult enough for people without having to go through those barriers through the workers' comp. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, like, very, like I've experienced
1: isn't... the uh, how, how uh, adversarial that is, unfortunately. Personally, that's right. It's in a New horrible system.
0: Yeah. yeah, I used to describe the workers' comp system um, back in my old union days as a merry-go-round that somebody actually <laughs> pushes you on they control the speed and they control when you get off. Yeah. And I don't think it should be like that. It should be a system where you know it, it everybody works together to try and make sure that people are looked after.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's what it's there for, isn't it? Absolutely. Ironically. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the statistics in the in the um, you know, psychological injury space aren't right. very good. I mean, yes. More people are coming out worse than that's they are, right. better. That's right. But um, yeah, that's that's an interesting point and but one one thing that does I guess, you know, I know it's probably outside the scope of the Senate report, but uh, uh, there's a lot of emergency service workers that also have been military—you um, yep. know, uh, be that part-time as a reservist or, yep. or former military—that are that are then transitioned into the emergency services. And just as an observation piece from New South Wales, and I'm sure it's no different in most other states, is they find it so much easier to use the DVA pathway for their treatment and. And things, even though they might have only spent a short period of time in the military and most of their career in the emergency services, yes. I think that just goes to show how uh, how much pushback they actually yeah. get from that local state uh, or territory That's system right. and the DVA system. Is easier. I know, a lot of people complain about the DVA system, but it's obviously easier than that. That's right, which easier. is a bit, yeah.
0: a, a bit of a tragedy. Um, and, you know, we know that I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who move around between, um, you know, the emergency services that have gone from maybe being a fireman to a paramedic mm. or a paramedic to, you know, something else. And yeah, it, sure. it's, it's sort of carrying that, you know, that burden around with you yeah. when there needs to be some, I don't know, so collaboration or some work yeah. towards, you know, getting to the pointy end of making sure that people are looked after. Yeah,
1: it should be about the person, not, Absolutely. The, not the journey to yeah, the, exactly. to the yeah. outcome, unfortunately. Mm.
0: I mean, I think it's fabulous, yeah, the, okay. the heart-to-heart walk that you're doing. I mean, um, you know, I mean, again, this is a, an opportunity for people to become involved, to understand, you know, what it's about. Yeah. I mean, heart-to-heart walk, people will say, oh, what's that about, yeah. you know? So you start that conversation. And I think that is really important about how conversations can then lead to people understanding better things, yeah. which can then lead to some action. Yeah, right. And I think that's really important. So, you know, I want to congratulate you on, on you know, getting this up and running. Yeah, um, thank you. yeah, And I look forward to, you know, following you along the way. I won't be walking with you, <laughs> I can tell you that, but... Um...
1: I'm just wondering when I'm going to wear out. I've, I've... <laughs> I've committed to the whole thing, but I'm just maybe an e-scooter. An e-scooter would be the way to go. Hit the tarmac, yeah, get an (laughs) e-scooter. That's a good idea. But no,
0: it's fantastic. But you know, September's probably a good time to do it because it's not too hot. Yeah, that's right. Um, But no, congratulations, and hopefully you'll have, um, you know, people come out along the, you know, streets of towns or whatever, and just say, even if they don't know what you're doing. It's, they will because they'll say what's going on here and then yep. that message spreads and it's about the understanding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's, I think that goes right, peel, peel that right back, is that, as you said, like it takes information and people's awareness to, to generate change. That's and I right. Think, I think maybe that's why it's ended up in the state that it's in is because yes. that information hasn't been there. That's right. Available. It's,
0: it's a bit of a close, I mean, you know, people don't like to stand up and shout from the rooftops when yeah. they're hurting and you know it's 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 a wor- workers comp I've always found because that's really you know people get injured at work mm. um I'd love to see a zero you know yeah, workers comp absolutely. but you know the reality is people will get injured at work in some way but I think at the end of the day it it's sort of people tend to hide it under the carpet and I always used to use the analogy I used to um people would have time off and they'd, be, they'd get a workers' comp tick and they'd be told to go and, you know, rest or, you know, go about their normal duty but they couldn't actually return to work. And I remember having a conversation with someone when I worked. I worked in a factory. That's where my, my working life started in Ulverston. And I remember there was a, one of the guys that had injured himself and he was on workers' comp and I remember one of my work colleagues said to me, oh, there's nothing wrong with Joe Blow, you know. And I said, well, how do you know, you know? Oh, well, I seen him fishing the other day. And I thought, yeah, right, okay. So he was fishing, right? I can't remember what his injury was, but obviously he was able to go fishing, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I suffered a workplace injury myself Um but, and I had a little bit of time off work, not not very much. Yeah. Um, but I was able to go to the shops. I was able to yeah. go shopping. I was able to you know drive my car, even though it hurt like hell. Yeah. I had an elbow injury. Um, but my message to people was you don't you don't have that, and I explained that it was like a toothache in my arm every moment of every yeah, day yeah, right. and it would gradually get worse, and you know you'd take some medication and it would get better you go and have a cortisone and that hurt like hell um but then that would relieve it for a little while but to everyday people that seen me walking down through the aisles in Coles getting my groceries they weren't living with that pain of you know what I was going through every day and for the next you know x number of years you know, I couldn't go around and wash all my windows in my house at yeah. one time. I had yeah. to do one window at a time because it hurt like hell. Yeah. I couldn't, um, you know, do a lot of the things that I. And I'm a pretty active. Like I want stuff done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm quite impatient and <laughs> I like to do things. Probably here. And I've got a bit <laughs> of OCD, so I like things done properly and. So, you know, it was very frustrating for me that I couldn't go around and wash all the windows at once because hmm. it, it, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. But for people looking on the inside, you know, yeah, looking yeah. at me from the outside, they didn't experience that. And I used to get really cranky. And, you know, I said to this person, you know, you don't understand the pain or the suffering that that guy's gone through. Yeah. So give him a break, you know, and until you experience workers' comp, you know, yeah. um... You, you cannot judge people. Yeah. And I think, you know, when someone's got a broken leg and they're walking around with, a you know, crutches a and a plaster... Really
1: visible injuries. Yeah. yeah. Everyone
0: goes, oh, you know, you're okay, mate? Yeah. But when someone's got a psychological illness or something else, then you think, really, you know, like just because you can't see... That yeah. exterior sort of, um, you know, injury. It doesn't mean that people are not hurting. Yeah, that's right. And I think we have to sort of understand that better.
1: Yeah, that, that actually that that really plagues Like having uh, a psychological injury myself. That is a real uh, guilt barrier, I think. Absolutely. Sometimes when you when you maybe have that day when you think, okay, I can get out, and yep. I'm going to try and go to the shops today. Yeah. And you go to the shops, and someone sees you and go, ah, oh, you yeah. Know, what you're fine. What, yeah. Nothing wrong you with not you. Back at work, yeah. You know? And that because I've seen you on a good day. Yeah. And you go well. That's you know you have to actually explain to them. That's why you haven't seen me for a yeah. week. Yeah. I've had a week of bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they go. And you oh, were still right.
0: probably struggling that day as Absolutely. well. Yeah. But you pushed yourself beyond yeah. that barrier. Yeah. You know, and
1: that's part of your therapy. Sometimes Absolutely. they're saying, okay, you've got to go and desensitise, yeah. and you're trying to do what you're told. Yes. And then people and and you're right. The ch- judgmental sort yeah. of perspective on it is uh, you know pretty pretty detrimental and actually it feels bad when people actually um, it does, point it out yeah. to you, you go, yeah. oh, you're fine. Yeah, that's right. Not really. Yeah, that's right.
0: Nobody sees the hurt and the torment that you're experiencing, Yeah. Um, you know, when you're sitting in your chair at home or whatever. Yeah.
1: The outcomes of the actual Senate inquiry, recommendation number four, um, which talks about that coordination piece, um, it it was quite positive in the sense that it was an accepted recommendation that looked like it was going to be action. But as we've tried to find out what that that actually turned into, it looks uh, a lot like it's been morphed into different disaster-funded... Programs mm. that, that is now absorbed into a more broad um, yeah. piece that's well uh, diluted, I guess, from that uh, focus that was meant to be on the first responders. And mm. that's just one example of something that was, you know, one of the very few parts of the report that was actually uh, apparently actioned. Mm. How do you, how do, like, with the time that you've put into this particular? Issue. How does that sit with you?
0: Yeah. Well, I might preface my comment by saying that that was an action of the previous government. Yeah. We weren't in government when that occurred. Um, I was. I was a bit. I suppose angry to start with about that because I thought this is um, you know this report and the experiences of people uh, you know who participated in this inquiry are not. And not disasters that happen, you know. I mean, we're getting a lot more natural disasters. Yeah. We're getting a lot more floods, fires, et cetera. And of course, first responders are involved in that. I understand that totally. But we are talking about every day of people's lives mm. and their jobs. And I think to have it sort of morphed into something that was, you know, when a disaster happens, then we deal with that and, and that. But we're talking about everyday occurrences. And I think, for me, that that recommendation four means it is a na- national action plan on first responder mental health. We've had the Beyond Blue, we've had the Black Dog Institute. There's a lot yep. of organisations that are working um, specifically around, you know, they've, they've made, I mean, the, the um, Beyond Blue report that is yeah. prefaced yep. in here. I met with the Beyond Blue CEO and, you know, the things that we discussed were all... Very similar to what we were hearing here, and yeah. they'd focused on I think it was the police, and they'd done that survey through yeah, twenty right, um, odd thousand. Yeah, twenty odd yeah, thousand workers, um, members. So, for me, I think it is um, this. This recommendation was quite specific to provide that national action plan on first responder mm. mental health, not for it to be incorporated into general a, a general of thing, disaster it? type yeah. arrangement. So, you know, as I said, this is something that um, is pretty dear to my heart yeah. um, and I think it's also, for me, it will be something that I'll continue to pursue and, you know, I'll walk around these halls and sometimes I sort of, um, I sort of describe myself sometimes as a little terrier dog who just, <laughs> you know, you know how those, those little dogs sort of <laughs> nip at you? Achilles every yeah. now and then, you know, and if you don't if you don't feed them or do what they want, they'll just keep going <laughs> so you know i i i I'm a very patient person but i'm 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 impatient at yeah. the same time, but I understand sometimes things take time yeah, so I do have a level of patience to try and make sure that we get outcomes and you know that's things that I want to try and pursue through both. You know th- this level of government, but also state levels of government as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've not given up on that. And yeah, you know, good. my old union motto was never give up, and yeah, I've right. carried yeah. that for you know forty odd years <laughs> when <laughs> I started working with the union. Right. So yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And lo- and look, in all honesty, from from the heart to heart walks perspective, it's so fantastic to have, you know, your support of the walk absolutely. and, a- and yep. acknowledgement of the walk being that it literally is centred around that report yes, that you're still, yeah. you know, which you're, is really, you're still carrying with you.
0: Which is really yeah. encouraging for me as well because I think it's just really lovely to, since 2018 when this report was handed down, yeah. to here we are in 2023, yeah. to still have a live issue and, and, you know, actions such as what you guys are doing is just amazing. Yeah. So thank you to you guys. Yeah,
1: no. Well, yeah. well we thank you for your support continuously and um you know i guess from our point of view too sometimes we look at it, it get a bit frustrated because the the defense uh royal commission that you know kicked off um you know and and it needed one i'm not saying that but it's as a contrasting parallel for the similar ish issues mm. raised and and that that came out of that senate report it's a, it is a little frustrating from our seat watching how much action is happening on that particular yep. report outcome and then this one's yes. pretty much unactioned yeah yeah, I guess that's what's forced us into the desert and yes, starting to yeah, walk. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, starting it's good. the long walk to Canada. Because
0: I always think that, you know, you've got to keep agitating. Agitation yeah. is about what getting results is. And yeah. sometimes it can be very slow and, and very um, tiring. But, again, it's it's the old motto of never give up, you know, and, yeah. and just keep fighting. Because I think that, you know, um, I always say to people, you know, people often say to me, you know, look, I I want to do this because I don't want this to happen to anyone else. And I think that's sort of a general thought about human nature is that, you know, you might be hurting or someone else might be hurting, but if someone's prepared to step up, it might just stop someone having to go through what you've gone through or what other people have gone through or provide assistance to people that you weren't able to have. And I think that's an important message for me. Yeah, right. Is that, you know, if, if we step up and and raise our voice and, and, you know, remind people of things, then sometimes there's an opportunity for, you know, other people not to have to go down the path that, you know, other people went down. And that
1: literally is what drives me, you know. Yes. The stuff that I've been through was completely unnecessary. for for A lot of it. And, you know, avoidable, uh, you know, that's probably the question mark. I mean, I've been operational in emergency service and police roles for a long time, but... Um yeah there's there's so much of what I've been through that could be done better and yes. I think that's what drives me to yes. get yes. this message out and you know uh, sadly you know my one of my daughters said to me one night um,
0: Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Hang on. Some of these things are really hard aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. How old are your
1: daughters? Uh, 15 and 13. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So one one of my daughters actually said to me one night and got frustrated with how much time we're investing in yep. both the walk and yep. other battles that we, we have with yep. the workers' compensation system and and we keep trying to tell them that we're pushing this hard yep. so no one else has to go through yep. it or to yep. try and help other people that might yep. have to go through it. And, and she she got quite annoyed because she knew it wasn't actually going to help us. Yeah, okay. We're in the middle yeah. of it and it's yeah. not it, it won't be fixed it won't be changed by yeah. the time, you know, yeah. hopefully I'm out the other side of it, but yeah. um yeah, it's it it really hurts I guess to see your own yeah. you know child saying yeah. you know acknowledging that um that 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 issue I guess yeah. and an yeah. acknowledgement that it is going to take time but yeah. uh, you know, we keep telling them it's worth, it's worth
0: it because yeah. there's so many people yeah. like or us tell, out What's her name? Georgina. Georgina. We'll tell Georgina <laughs> that it is worth it yeah. and never give up, yeah, you know, because no. that's the yeah. message that, you know, it is hard. Um, but I also think that it's part of the healing process as well yeah. for you to be able to go and do that, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's given you a focus, I I suppose yeah. it's probably you're probably reliving a lot of stuff too when you yeah, when you times, talk to yeah. people. But yeah. it's also part of part of a journey of life that we, we tread to try and yeah. help others coming behind us. And you know, kids like Georgina at fifteen, who knows what they're gonna experience in their life or or in their job. Yeah. Um, and if you've paved the way to make a better outcome for them, then it's all worth it.
1: Yeah, that, and, you know, it's, it, it is a bit hard to get them to see the big picture of yeah, that Yeah, Absolutely, age, yeah. Yeah, it well, is. Well, we it, all remember back to when yeah. we were 15. There was
0: no big picture. It was all about the yeah. moment, wasn't I it? I think
1: it's the short moment these days with yeah, the tick, right. TikTok revolution. It's all about <laughs> right. eight-second attention spans. Yes, but, exactly, yeah. Uh, look, thanks so much for your time today. I, I really... I personally really appreciate your uh, your generosity to have us here today and and certainly for people on the walk collectively and all the other listeners to this that are you know invested in making this change and making things better and you know you're obviously part of that that uh, agency of change and uh, thanks for everything that you have done and, and thanks for your ongoing support.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for coming here today. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and congratulations on the walk, really. I honestly, you know, I'm so, um, I think, proud to think that I've met you. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, for me, you know, people like you are really important because you are getting that message out. Um well done to your beautiful wife, Sarah, yeah. you know, I mean, who obviously supports you yeah. all the way. And I hope the walk is a huge success. Yeah, thank you. I'm um, sure it will be. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her today because <laughs> there is no way I could have come, <laughs> could have come here on my own. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. all right, thank you very much.
0: No worries. Okay. You're very welcome.
1: been listening to the heart to heart foundation podcast people on their own journey for the awareness of mental health in our first responders thanks for listening and please remember to support our foundation by going to the web page at www.hearttoheartwalk.org that's www.heart the number two heartwalk.org
0: or just google it